Blog Talk Radio. as we move into the warmer months and move into our gardens and and just uh, this climate, the, certainly the political climate, things heat up this time of year. <laughs> so I'm good mm-hmm. and I, I'm powered up because I think that's why we wound up doing this uh, Women's History edition of Sister Queen's Rise and Shine at the last weekend of March rather than the first weekend kind of like, you know, what they say, uh, March comes in like a lion and goes out, uh, I don't know, I don't remember, but the roar of like March lamb. itself. Like a lamb. Yeah, yeah. the roar like of the lion. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, doesn't it like feel that way? Yeah. Yes, it does. So it's, it's, it's a good time. How's your week been? happening in Georgia. The, say the it again, lion the lion will do what in Georgia? <laughs> I said the lion... The mm-hmm. weather is still rough in Georgia. Is that we had rain wow. and the temperatures haven't really been as enjoyable as we like them. Yes. So, well here too, a nip in the air, a nice sunshine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're not quite there yet. Maybe mid April we'll really be feeling that, you know, just barely having a sweater on weather. But, um, yeah, so I don't, you know, I've been trying to remember since we put it out there to to come call in tonight, stand up and call out her name. I can't remember what play or production that I saw that was so strong like that where we just remember it. The more names that were called, the more the room fills up, literally. And, uh, you know, that's the time that we're at. We don't want any of the lambs to go to slaughter is what I say. Exactly. And, yes. And as, and as things do indeed heat up, um, you know, we, we have to step into that sister queen position, assume the position, <laughs> is what the old women would say, assume the position. Because, um, you know, with grace and dignity, we are able to hold our ground and hold our truth. 
And uh, we hope to hear a lot of that this evening. I'm excited. During this week, um, Ianifa uh, and I spoke, and uh, she has another deck, <laughs> another deck that I hope that she's going to share with us um, wisdom from the hidden realms. I do remember because it was very powerful. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So um, can you see if uh, uh, our beloved Ifashade Bola Como Lafe has graced us uh, yet? I just spoke to her and yeah. she said she was coming. Great. Well, Alafi Abolu Aboye. Um. I didn't do the one for the Hidden Realms today. Oh, okay. Um, well, if you know, then it must be for us to hear from, uh, what is it, Return to from the Spirit, yes? Yeah, Return of yes. Spirit. Um, All right. Okay, and that one is called Immunity. <clears throat> and it says, um, this card comes when we are feeling as though we are under attack. You may be experiencing disagreements or arguments. Perhaps you are feeling belittled, unworthy, or, or misunderstood. Whatever the case may be, there is a feeling of a need to protect yourself. Sometimes these feelings may, involve, may not involve an individual person, but are perceived from the world at large. It is important that you stay grounded at this time and not fall into old patterns of behavior or reactions. This is an opportunity to deal with your feelings and situation in a healthier way. You are not responsible for what others say, think, or believe or feel. You do not have to own it or try to fix or change anything in an attempt to appease them. Every person on this planet is responsible for their own behavior. The immunity card offers you a layer of protection from the negative energy surrounding the situation <clears throat> excuse me, so that you can respond and take action in a positive manner. This also helps you to see the, picture, the bigger picture and how to resolve the matter in a way that ensures the highest good for all is involved. Just as your physical body builds its immune system, energetically you are building a healthy response system to negative experiences and people. You will not be affected in the same way should this type of situation occur again in the future. You will gain a healthy form of protection on the inside and no longer need to energetically wear a, sh a shell of protection on the outside. Those around you will feel the shift in your energy as you become more accepting and open to letting others into your personal world. And that was the immunity card. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we're going to set a precedent and say we, we probably need to read that again at 8 o'clock and then maybe right before we go to music at 9. <laughs> Because that was so my weekend. I mean, whoa. Anybody else could speak to that? Oh, my goodness. Ladies, if you want to jump in, it's, it's dial one, I believe, in order for Queen Mother to know that you want to speak. But that nailed my weekend I, in this retreat with um, where we're talking about cultural appropriation and, you know, where do we meet the lines of bridging it together as races yes. and tribes of people, and, and where do we hold our sovereignty? So to, to be immune, it does feel like you're being attacked, but you know better. Your head and your heart know that you're not being attacked. It's just those traumas and triggers inside of us 
that 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 get jumped, and uh, mm. we're working our way out of that. I think every race of people, every uh, line of spirituality, I I don't know. There's the astrology backs it up. What I could see of the astrology this week, immunity, and of course, you know, as a a survivor of Gillian Beret having come through <laughs> an autoimmune illness. I can see I can see that on all levels. Very powerful. I'm so glad you did have that deck because that was just like really on time. How was your week? Yeah, it was. Um, it's it's been okay. It's been a little challenging, you know, with um the Omo day, but um it's it's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been so much. You know, you ask for for what's next and you get the message of what's next more information more knowledge comes and so it's wonderful I feel like I'm just being exposed to information and just growing on another level that I never mm-hmm. imagined so mm-hmm. it's wonderful yeah it's just yes. wonderful yes. thank you yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely been a carpet ride well I think I'm going to um, share what what I brought which um, I don't know We'd like to believe that people see things go by. Last week's program, I said uh, I wanted to do Maya Angelou's um, On the Pulse of Morning. So better than that, I just remembered that, of course, she could do it herself from YouTube. And I put it up on my Facebook because it is, you know, I could never do it better, of course, than Maya Angelou Ibarra-Tarun. And so interestingly enough that um, the the... Well, God spoke today. I'm going to say it just like it happened at the end and the conclusion of the weekend retreat. And uh, and I'll underline and emphasize that I met God, and God is a, a black goddess. <laughs> I'm going to say that evidently. The question that was put out there this weekend was about group facilitation. And as I said, many of the um, issues that we all want to unravel, we want to unravel um, racism and sexism and and, and injustice and and the lack of equality or respect in a room. We all wanted to do that. And and so in this process of this particular group, one young lady asked, well, what's the core? What is the core of us that continually brings the magic to our gatherings? And, you know, this gathering didn't start a few years ago. It's, it's a considerable age. And point well taken, a big, huge leader has moved off on his own road of destiny. And so now the people that remain are in that, that point of like, okay, who are we in the becoming of? So a question like that would come up. And as you may know, I think, uh, uh, yeah, we do a workshop uh, called Tending Our Spiritual Gardens because sometimes in the issues like we were addressing last Sunday of child molestation or um, just just deaths of women, mysterious disappearances, domestic violence, I mean, that list could go on forever, or, or how we feel on either side of the court of is there racism, is there reverse racism, where are we each feeling that? And uh, so when we can't really have that conversation where we won't set off each other's triggers, I try to do um, to bring us all into the garden of our souls and the gardens of our lives where we can have a talk about, well, how fertile is the soil and are you trying to plant seeds that are too old or do you have broken shovels or broken tools? What, What are you doing in the garden? Where are the weeds growing? And so it was very interesting that as that question came in the room, to God, God has started speaking, and here's, here's what came. Answering that question brings us to the sacred garden of 
of art, the art of mentoring, great soil fertilization, solid functioning tools. Always acknowledge where the flowers grow. What are the weakest and strongest herbal allies in the garden? Where are the weeds growing and choking or growing over where the smaller, more fragile flowers grow? Remember, every season does not bring the same harvest. Sometimes flowers die but return in another season. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that like, I didn't write that. Spirit literally, literally moved the pen on that one, and I thought I'd love to share that as um, uh, we call out the names of women who have, in some way, I'm, I'm totally excited to hear Queen Mother's uh, women because she has such a profound life there in the ATL and Temple and Mother of Daughters like myself. I'm, I'm excited to hear all queens that showed up this evening because it, it really is potent. And I think like Grandmother Polk, I always like when Grandmother Polk grows in the garden because she's such a guardian. We can't eat her berries because they're poison, but she's guarding and, and you know, the, the smaller ones. And it's just so fascinating. I guess it is why I have such a nature connection to to our spirituality and, and how we practice that or how we walk with no separation between church or state, how, how our cultural life is our spiritual life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that that thought there as we as we enter into the evening and say, Queen Mother, what call out her name. Who is it? Of course we know we all call our mothers and we can we can give them a salute. But is there a particular woman um along the way of your path that, that has really um supported you or or the 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 work that she does uh, influenced who you are and what you're doing now? Well, I definitely have to call out my own mother who supported all of her children. We're all spoiled by her. She had seven. But everybody felt like they was her um, confidant and she (laughs) was out. So I, Ibaye Mabel Dawson. Mm -hmm. Ibaye, Ibaye. Absolutely. You have another one, or or you want to just set it on the table, starting with mothers, because that's great if we all salute our mothers. You know that that is first, really. Uh, in yes, terms of that's exactly. Yeah, and I'm going to salute I'm gonna my go on for a minute. I have to fix something. Okay, so uh, okay, my mother, uh, Corona Elizabeth Smith Harrigan Ibaraturun, um, amazing, amazing. Um, Capricorn woman born January 14th and um, just just you know to the fall very practical um, very decided in her beliefs um, uh, fair in her judgments I think I think the reason that sometimes people ask me you know how what kind of what kind of trail do you have behind all of these spiritual avenues you go down and, um, you know, while I'm sure I was christened, in fact, I know it, of course, because the the cousin that we came up to uh, that just recently passed, his mother and father, my mother's brother and his wife were, in fact, my godparents who stood at my christening. But to to 
when as we come to an age where I guess if we were in the South and we weren't, we were in the North, um, where you you know you go to uh, church or you're baptized, and your parents say, well, you got to go to church every Sunday. You got to go to church until you get to a certain age, and then they don't bother you so more so much. But it wasn't that way when my mother introduced us to deciding, beginning to think about religion beginning to think about church. And so she took us to all of them. She took us to a Lutheran church, a Methodist church. We just, like, said that's what we want to do. So we want to go and see different ways that people see God, which I think was really cool looking back on it. I thought that way certainly when I became a mother uh, and, you know, decided to have my, I think I had my children all brought in or passed under the blessing of water in the Unitarian church. So that, again, they could decide, of course, coming from the Catholic background on the other side, you know, they wanted them confirmed and everything like that. But we don't choose or or we we should, maybe should not choose religion for our children. Of course, there's no judgment there. Parents can can go down any road that they would like in, in their parenting. But I'm saying that if we don't want to confuse children and or or dictate or oppress children with uh, religion, then we give them all the good reasons of what to look at and why to look at this and who some I, I remember my mother talking about uh, Martin Luther as uh, you know looking back into the history of the Lutheran Church, and that was just really great. Again, you know, because some people go to church and do they like the pastor, they got a good choir and, you know, whatever. And, it, and it's, it, you know, it loses its way in terms of, well, what does it really have for you? So um, I I want to salute my mother for um, giving me the the reasoning and the analytical that I certainly might not have had otherwise. As a Pisces, as a dreamer, she said, well, look at this and look at it from a practical manner. If you can, you're going to need these practical things. And, of course, as mothers are, she was always right. So um, we call out her name. We call out the name of her mother, my namesake, Josephine uh, Louise Chisholm, well, actually Louise King Chisholm Smith, um, and uh, her mother, Elizabeth Cherry Wade, and her mother, Fanny Wade. And, you know, I would be going. I don't want to take up all the time. I'm going to I'm gonna go over here to, to Nephi and say, who, what woman do you want to call out her name? Because I could literally go to 9 o'clock. There are so many powerful women, um, the least of which are related to me. Yeah, who, 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 who has influenced you the most? Who's the name that you want to call out? Oh, I hope Amy Fi is still with us. I am. Um, okay. Um, the name that I want to call out is my grandmother, Yani mm. uh, Koko. Mm-hmm. You know, my as my all of my family is in from Nigeria, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, being born in England, we didn't get to to be around them as much. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they, you know, they're a part of me, and um, mm-hmm. her strength, her um, her strength of character, her her just her um, being. She was, she was not only a um, a businesswoman; she was a chief. Mm. And um, my father gave me a lot of stories about her that um, I'm still to this day still trying to research. Um, 
she was the she was like the the big mama of all the women in Elysia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to the point where she she owned she she harvested uh, cocoa beans, and uh, mm. that was yeah, one of her Toby, Toby, Toby. <laughs> and that was one of her businesses. But um, mm-hmm. not only that, I found out she was almost not a um, almost like a a credit place where people would come and borrow money and mm-hmm. bring back money. And she was a big trade woman. And mm-hmm. then my father said that her, her father, because her name was Adeleye, mm. um, Abigail Adeleye, Komalafa. Adeleye. But her, yeah, Adeleye. Mm-hmm. But her father was a an Oba somewhere in Oyo. And mm-hmm. I'm still to this day trying to research that side of my family. But she was a she was a very, very strong woman. And she comes to me a lot in regards to the strength to know that I have her support and um when i need to to lean on that mm-hmm. she's there she's there um just a a beautiful soul that was very um humble but mm-hmm. um very very independent and very strong that mm-hmm. you know that male and females alike would come and ask for her assistance so um awesome. I'm, you know honored to i'm honored to be a um her grandchild <laughs> <laughs> Honored to be a grandchild. Ashe, Ashe. Wow, I I can really feel her energy, and you know, of course, as we look up, I was just thinking as you were speaking. Um, of course, both of us uh, being the daughters of a culture that um, we understand really powerfully in a really daily way. Um, the agreements between the living, the dead, and those waiting to be born. And, um, mm. you know, yes, it, I mean, that, that really speaks to whether w- when we get tried, whether we sink to depression or we just stand up and, and continue to stand, you know, having done all else, all else stand, you know, was a lot of what, yeah, the old women told me. And um, there's... There's just a powerful energy. I know Sandra Bland's name went across as, as you were speaking, and I mean, you know, Rosa Parks, Fannie Lou Hamer, um, just 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 the power of women who are going to stand until you know something or something else takes them down. <laughs> Those kind of women. Absolutely. As uh, yeah, I was putting out uh, Sunny Patterson, who's one of my very favorite, favorite, favorite spoken word artist and she was speaking about no 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 don't don't get it twisted we are those feel women okay we we've done the sun up to sundown okay we're we are still standing we are still standing in the fields for our families and our communities and any of the names that i could think to call barbara jordan and shirley chisholm and Maya Angelou, um, you know, it it just, there's numbers, even the Whitney Houston. I mean, there's just numbers of women that have come to the year school, come to this life, and profoundly left their mark, not only on all of humanity, but on, in the hearts of so many women um, that that are in our world up against some really some really crazy kind of stuff, you know. I was thinking Absolutely. about our sister queens in um, 
Buffalo, and I'm hoping that some of them will come on and join us because, of course, now that we've pushed away from from the retreat of this weekend, we are, of course, very focused in on the particular clans that we are moving toward or hoping to move toward an elevation of some type and, and indeed, uh, the Women's Weekend there, which is almost like this um, ordination or initiation of all those queens that, that we are uh, that we're doing and becoming for each other um, as as a way of recognizing and acknowledgement and and just getting into that place where we are our own validation because that as we said to them as it came up in their circle is the history of that queen's city. Did I mention to you that that's the second now queen city? See, I watch things like that. I hung out in Charlotte. Charlotte's a queen's city. Buffalo is also the queen's city. You know, it's just so interesting what, because they did, while I was there, they had one of the mothers, community mothers there, amazing woman, um, has this program annually where she gives a rose and and has a whole profile. It's almost like a black woman TED Talk of what each woman has done and who she is in the community and what has been made better by her life and and her efforts. And I was just really uh, in awe that, of course, you know, the likes of which you see in uh, Oprah. And maybe that was it. Maybe that maybe that's where I remember that from, stand up and call out her name, is the big, beautiful dinner that Oprah did for so, so many women of color. Ruby D would be another one. You know, it's just like if I even scan my, my radar, um, so many, many women um, have profoundly... Um, put an imprint, put a foot, fingerprint on, on who I am and, and you know, when to speak and when not to speak. I won't say I, I never back down. I do. And sometimes we have to back down and take a different direction or a different course or a detour. You and I both know about that <laughs> since the end of last year. And uh, then, then there are other times where you just don't back down. There's just no backing down. So I think um, if Queen Mother's returned to us, I'm going to check in and and I'm still even trying to get to that wonderful card immunity. It was so rich. I say. Yes. So here well, you back to fix what you um, needed to fix. I wanted to uh, call on Mother Mary uh, McLeod Bethune, who uh, clearly left us a testimony of what we needed to do that we didn't, mm-hmm. and. Um, to call on the mothers that fought uh, for school um, desegregation as well as um, fought for the right of parents to decide who runs their school districts. And that's what Ocean Hill Brownsville and that scuffle was about. And they won. But it's unfortunate that as the political power grows. I think it was Rudolph Giuliani that took the power from the parents again and put it mm. back in the Board of Education. So I definitely call out those parents that struggled on the um, po- uh, protests and stuff. And I call out the new parents to change this for the good of the children. Mm-hmm. And let's negative energy. 
There's so many mothers that we can call on. As you said, Barbara Jordan, you know, mm-hmm. all of these great women, uh, Sojourner Truth, mm-hmm. Harriet Ida B. Wells. I just recently picked up a book by Ida B. Wells, and, you know, the back of my mind knows that she was one of those women that, that just did the printing thing and made sure and said, listen, my people need to know. I'm going to figure out how to do this newspaper. And being a black woman at that point in time where, you know, you could get shot or lynched for even knowing how to read and write. It was wow. outstanding. Yeah, it was outstanding. I wanted to call out the name of um, my grand-auntie, the medicine woman over my head, Sadie. Uh, she had so many names, Sadie Pearl, Ross, Wade, mm-hmm. and uh, her mother, who who is one of these women that we're talking about, my Aunt Ardelle Baratero. Ardell Wade. Ardell Wade, if you go, like, um, south of the village, mm, 20 minutes, you're going to be approaching Coosahatchee, which is where mm-hmm. my ancestral estate is, and you will pass on Highway 17 like a little old boarded-up post office. Well, next to that, my Aunt Ardell had Dell's Cafe. And, of course, as you're riding down 17, on the left side of you is the railroad track. And the other side then is, you know, the road riding to Savannah, the other side you go on. And she had, in the Depression, (laughs) in the 30s, she had Dell's Cafe to feed the, the men working on the railroad in Jasper County. Now... That was in the front room. You could get grits and biscuits. If you Mm. stepped into her back room, you got a reading or medicines or herbs (laughs) or whatever. Okay, that was Anna Adele, daughter of Fannie Wade. And uh, Fannie Wade and her younger sister, Sarah, who actually raised my mother's mother, were the daughters of... um, Ned Pollins, and that's where my grandmother, when we sat on the piano bench at night, that's where she would start that story of the family history, kind of like an Alex Haley. She never wanted us to forget, and she would take the family tree all the way back to Ned Pollins, who was brought over from Senegal, from Sierra Leone, uh, that area where his captivity happened. Uh, Mm. Yeah, and brought to the coast of Charleston. How rich am I to how rich to be blessed to have a grandmother like tell you that story and tell you that story so that you will never forget. And then when you know I finally got the roots reading on my firstborn daughter, who is a mother return yet to her. That's the same grandmother I'm talking about. They said at the end of that roots reading it says and and here came you know the men of the Bambara tribe to the port of Charleston. I mean it just like dovetailed right where my grandmother began was where wow. the Abba at the time. Yeah, it was where the Abba, you know, the founder of Oyotenji left off. That's where his roots reading left off. That was pretty amazing. So it did not shock me all that she had seven daughters and all of them were stout, like the women you were talking about. And Rachel mm-hmm. was that woman that went with her little person and said, hey, we got to get our own Negro school over here. They had no school at all. And, and at that time, and then, you know, the blacks, their children just had to work on the farm because they weren't allowed to go into the white schools. So she got the first colored school right there on Highway wow. 462. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, very um, rich who we come from. Madam C.J. Walker, 
Um, I went down there to the Bethune-Cookman College. Amazing, amazing what kind of friendship she had with Eleanor Roosevelt. Maybe some people know about her, maybe they don't. Um, and, and, and what she really accomplished, what any of these women really accomplished is kind of why I don't take the poor excuses when, when gals these days start whining. I just look at them and go, Really? You know what I mean? And imagine 40 years ago, no cell phones, no microwaves, no no car. You didn't even have a license. You weren't even allowed to vote. And look what these women did. Look what they did in the face of uh, of, of amazing, formidable opposition, as uh, yeah, uh, would say, formidable opposition. And, uh, and they pushed through it. And we're calling on them. We're not just passing the time. We're calling these names out and hope that some of our sister queens listening will press one and call out the name of some of these women who lived their lives in a way that meant something for us. It meant something for the generations that they knew they were leaving behind when their eyes shut. Um, I, think it's, I think it's the greatest power we have. <laughs> Point blank, I, I, you know, and, and uh, more than guns, more than um, security systems on houses. I firmly believe, as uh, Ian Fowler just saying a minute ago, when we feel our heavenly mothers come close, like, no, I got you, and that was a great piece we had in this weekend. That you know, many times when you do these workshops at the end, you come into a circle and hold hands, maybe say a prayer, whatever. But the lady who brought the Taoist tradition of of uh, learning equality, tools of equality, had us turn our backs into the circle and said. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was heavy, boo. You know I'm going to use it again. <laughs> Anytime you walk away from a group of people that you have dialogued and opening, make sure you feel like they got your back and you got theirs. I was like, okay, this is what it is all about. You know, I've been preaching it for a while now with the kindred, and we were on it a little bit last week as to when you really know in this world who's got your back. Wow, that's like major. It's like major. And uh, for sure, all of these women who went through so much, whose names we're calling, they got our back. I mean, at the end of the day, those are the points. They got our back. You know, I want to send just love out for um, our women down in South America, Cuba, Brazil, um, you know, they, they had a period of where daughters didn't come home from whatever the factories were. People didn't know where, what happened. They just disappeared without explanation. And uh, I don't think still that there, there's an explanation. Forget it, not Guadalajara, but there was a place there in Mexico, and I saw it go by that all these recent disappearances, of of the women was, you know, questionable. And so as um, the women that live uh, on all parts of the planet that still on this day are operating under uh, serious and fierce oppression, um, we, we yeah we call out their mothers and their grandmothers' names. If we knew them, we'd call them out. But we we want to just acknowledge them in the history that they made. As I said on the promotion, the history that the his story that we have lived through and the her stories that we are still walking. We are still here 
to walk these. You know, let's call out Michelle Obama. Let's go ahead and do that and give give our first lady a big up and her mama. And her mama for saying, well, of course, I'm going to come to the White House with you, daughter. I'm going to keep a careful eye. The Secret Service ain't the only ones looking. You got my grandchildren up in this thing here. (laughs) Okay, you got my grandchildren up in this thing here. You know, any type of shot could be taken at the president. So we big up Michelle, uh, uh, our first lady, and her mother, you know, and the strong line. I've been to a museum there in South Carolina where they have a quilt made in honor of her mother and her father. So beautiful. She, of course, comes from very stout ancestors. Um, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, I'd love, I'd love to just big up black women as having been a black woman in media. Black women right now that work with CNN or MSNBC, I, yeah, I will, I'll call them out because um, I wouldn't want to be them. I wouldn't want to be them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I definitely them. hope that. Uh, Buffalo woman, uh, Goody comes through with one of her <laughs> Yes, and blesses us with one of her poems. That would be people. good. Yes, we have a couple yeah. of people on from Buffalo. And oh, please excellent. do raise your hand, press one. We mm-hmm. want you involved in the conversation. You are our guest. Absolutely. You are our guest. And, Please and come we in and be hear, welcome. We definitely give honor and uh, would like to call their names. Um, I'm trying to think of the sister from uh, Bed-Stuy. She was always my hero, and I got a blank spot. I was looking her mm. up. Mm, She's she, an activist? Yeah, she was a big activist. Mm. And she was about being natural, and she wore a lot of um, gay lace. Um, Is Nikki Giovanni still with us? Let's just go ahead and say Nina yes, Simone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, we said, you know, the people that we want to be, they certainly don't have to be ancestors. So I'm going to put all of them in this. Again, Sonia Sanchez, Nikki Giovanni, those women that dare to say the truth and to say it poetically. Oh, you know, Sada Shakur, Angela Davis. Oh, my goodness. Women who, who really, they was real serious about being on the front line. I'm going to call the name of Maya Lotion. You know, a former uh, Black Panther. Yes, I am. Very stout. Very stout. Um, Ia Baba, Onishango, no slouch. We both know from, you know, if she's listening in this evening, um, you know, to to be a merchant, uh, a seaman, you know, just before I left Harlem, you know, she was threatening to get her paperwork all signed up and go back out on the boat. I just looked at her at 74. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And she told me all how she was going to be all right to do it. Now, mind you, we rubbing her down with the liniments and stuff like, like that. And I said, I, she was just telling me, no, all I got to do is make it down to the galley and I could chop the onions and things. I said, yeah, that is just so not the point. You know, you see what the world is like now. And if that ship at all took on any water, what I want to hear from you is that you feel physically fit to get yourself out of there and not drown. 
So, I, again, my hat's off to any female that has ever done any of that work, gone to the moon or, or, or you know, in the submarines and those things underwater. I just, I, my total respect, total respect. I don't know why, yeah. but that doesn't seem like something that I would just, you know, jump toward. <laughs> You know, or flying an airplane. You know, I, there there are just some things that uh, are not on my bucket list. That'd be the best way to say that. Definitely. And so, I think one of your your Buffalo calls is our brother Kamal, who loves to listen to our show. But I, I'm sure since he feels like it's a sister queen dialogue, he 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 can't jump in. But brother, if you want to, I definitely want to say, yeah, we welcome the kings, don't we? We like to yes. hear from the brothers every now and then, and particularly when they have women that have that they can, you know, give it back, as the song said it at the beginning of the program. You know, lots of mothers and grandmothers and women uh, try to be the helpmate to to our brothers and to our kings that we can, and it's always nice to hear a brother call out her name and say, "Yep." Well, mm-hmm. we want to welcome seven one six to the line. Ah, she. Blessed love, Blessed love. I knew you was out there. I could feel your vibe. Oh, wonderful. I would love, actually, to hear who, what woman, and it doesn't have to be just one, really influenced you. And and certainly the mother I was speaking of that had the rose ceremony who just recently gave you that beautiful award during African History Month. You have many women, um, you know, elder women and women in the community that really respect your work, brother. Yeah, Queen Welcome. Mother Doyle, Eva Doyle. She's the, the yes. Queen Mother of History in our community. She's uh, spent 30-plus years educating in the classroom, and now she's uh, continuing her work. Uh, she ran for lieutenant governor on the Freedom Party with, uh, mm-hmm. um, I can't think of his name. Uh, anyway, but she's, um, you know, but as as I was listening, the women that came to my mind was my grandmother, Rosa mm-hmm. Sneed, um, back in the day when I was a part of the Panther Party, mm-hmm. um, would be bringing literature home, and my family was trying to talk me out of it. My grandmother would be the first one to grab a newspaper and read it and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, recognize the uh, validity of what I was doing at that particular point. Awesome. Um, so, you know, grandmothers have a way of seeing what mothers sometimes have a difficulty seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was her name? We want you to call out her name. Rosa Sneed. Rosa Sneed and and Mother Doyle. Yes, indeed. Those are definitely two more stout ones to the list. And, of course, we're going to save uh, Sister Betty right there because we hope we want to send her some energy. You know, we know she's come through a couple of health challenges and, as you said, very resourceful. And she is. She is. She's very resourceful. And uh, so many good queens and soldiers that come through um, looking forward to to making our way back there this week to many, many, many of the um, sisters. Uh, that, that powerhouse who came to mind was uh, Sheila Brown. And, and just give us a little bit of that story and, and, and your relationship to, to WUFO uh, and, and how we, you know, it's a small world always. But, yes, we're very proud of uh, a black queen that owns a radio station in Buffalo, New York. Say that. <laughs> yeah, w, WUFO, um, WUFO uh, is a station that has birthed the careers of many, many a noted um, 
broadcast uh, journalist. Um, some of the names you might know is Gary Bird, Imhotep Gary Bird, uh, high mm-hmm. school partner of mine, uh, football player. Most people don't know that part of him. Um, you know, Jerry Bledsoe, Jerry B. Um, uh, my mind is uh, is blocking on so many people, but the WFO is the only black-owned station here in Buffalo, and uh, it is a black-owned radio station by a sister named Sheila Brown, who has a new book out called 29 Years of Preparation, which he lays a roadmap on how she, with the power of prayer and mm-hmm. determined spirit, went from being an intern in the station to now owning the station. Mm-hmm. And uh, 29 Years of Preparation is the name of the book, and it's available through all the outlets. Yes, thank you for that, because that's stout. And, and you know who else I want to – I don't know that you could name the name, but, of course, I would be remiss having gone into that little room off from the um, studio to see the, an, the the pictures of the ancestral mothers that were also a part of that station. So if mm-hmm. we don't know their names – they know that I'm calling out their spirit for also uh, all that they did and gave to the Buffalo community in their time through that station. Sister Carol, I can't think of her last name. Her name last mm-hmm. name, but she was one of the station managers. She was also a great poet. Um, you know, this. You know, one of the things that I like to add to the reasoning is that you know we have, and it's part of the, one of my poems about being a better brother and a better sister. We have to get past the um, the media models that they've given us in terms of how we relate to one each other as just intimate uh, um, sexual and, uh, you know, lover kind of relationships to learn mm-hmm. how to be brothers and sisters to one another, to learn, sure. how, to, learn how to respect uh, the elders and, and the ones coming behind us. You know, you know um, Baba Simba, one of my elders, used to say, uh, once a mother, mother of all the children, once a father, father of all the children. So oh, we have sure. to understand that the village is not just a concept, it's a reality that we've always held on, held firmly to. And the village is more than just, you know, uh, a borderline drawn. It's a heartfelt, it's a hearticle uh, reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. More than just blood, more than just spirit. It's, um, you know, it's an eternal connection. Sounds like you got a little spoken word in there for us. You know, the Queen Mother will love you because we don't have Sister Goodness on the line yet. I forgot until you said that. I was like, all right, he does have some really good songs and poetry. So what do you want to do for us tonight, or am I putting you on the spot? Well, you know, well, the spot is a a thing that we're always on, so, you know. Okay, then. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... I don't know. I don't think I've heard that one. What was the name of it? Say, brother. Um, uh, better brother. It's um, better brother. It's mm. it's, uh, it's a it's a song. The basic hook is working together works. Working uh, together uh. works. And I'm not into the movie singing, but it's basically the lyric is I have to be a better brother to my sister every day. I have to be a better brother to my sister in every way because working together works. Right. Working together works. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to the various kind of relations that we have with one another and that we need to improve upon our relations. You know, they talk about, you know, in these in these schools trying to teach our children sex education, but what they truly need to have is relationship education. I say. Um, one of the things that the, the First Nations people here talk about is uh, being in harmony with all of my relations. And that's not just, you know, the human, it's all the winged 
animals, the four-legged, uh, the, uh, the earth itself, to be in harmony with all our relations. And harmony is what is sought in this life, you know, that um, you, know, you can't have harmony unless you have differences. And you have to have differences that are working together so they're not in a dissonant way, but they're working together in a harmonious way. So what we seek in this life is harmony not just for this generation, for the generations that have passed and the generations yet to come. That's and the first thing you hear talk in terms of, you know, before you do a thing, you should think of what what its impact is going to be seven generations down the line. Mm-hmm. And if you do it in such a way that it has a clean, clean activity, seven generations down the line, you should think twice before you do it, or maybe you shouldn't do it at all. Right, right. I've hit a lot of those in recent years, you know, where people would get confused and I try to straighten them out that I, I'm really employed by my grandchildren and my grandchildren's grandchildren. And so, you know, it's usually in the case where people think like something you're doing or not doing is majorly affecting their day. And, you know, that, that wouldn't be true because we we just don't take anything with us. We came in with on breath and we'll leave on breath and, you know, that that is the point. But yeah, we are so glad to to have you and for those just joining us. See, I thought this was Sister Queen's Rise and Shine. We've been blessed with Brother Kamal Fields from uh the Buffalo City of there. Uh has a wonderful uh public access uh T V station, I guess it is, the elder there at the Apollo and many programs on his own particular line of thought, vision television. And, uh, you know, the weekend that I just did here, interesting, I was just thinking about how good that is to, to come back and maybe check in with some of the elders of the Haudenosaunee, uh, is there's a relationship between that particular tribe and the Art of Mentoring program in Vermont, um, again, where some of the peacemaking skills are are being taught and passed down from the time when uh, those the seven nations in the Iroquois Confederacy were at so much at war, and uh, I, you know when you first come out of it you think well I guess so but look at the world you know and then you come in and it's great Bernie Bernie did what he did yesterday but then Ted Cruz and all the parts you know and you say wow. Can we really do this? And and that was the weekend, you know, what was about to show us where our common ground can or could be and certainly what our differences are and how to have amazing dialogue without hitting certain emotional or traumatic triggers that live in all of us. So um, really, really um, powerful. I didn't get enough of that piece when I was in Buffalo last was the Haudenosaunee and maybe passing back through we'll have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, one of my one of my one of my addictions is books, and there's a good book called Indian Giver, and mm. that book talks about how the First Nations people here, the Six Nations Confederacy, gave Ben Franklin the idea of this this um, American Confederacy, this American nation forming a strength by unifying and not being just a number of different separate colonies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Six Nations Confederacy had a history of uh, warfare between them and then came a person uh, entity they called the great peacemaker mm-hmm. uh, they decided in a lot of ways one of the ways they said he had hair that had looked like snakes who reminds me mm-hmm. of locks mm-hmm. and that, um, as they sat around the fire he passed he asked each one for two arrows 
Mm-hmm. And as they gave him the arrows, you know, he took each arrow individually from each one of the tribes and broke it and so showed how easily it was to be broken. Then he took the other arrow from each one of them and tied it together into a bundle and passed that bundle around and see who could break it and no one could break it. And mm-hmm. it graphically demonstrated demonstrated to them the power of unity and the mm-hmm. strength that they could have. They became a united people and not be separated. But divide and rule is really the only tactic, the major tactic that uh, the avowed enemy uh, has used mm-hmm. against them. So, you know, we can't allow that, you know? Yeah, you made me want to call out, of course, all of, you know, every red sister I could think of, Brooke Medicine Eagle and Pocahontas and um, certainly give mention to the Queen Mother and the original royal family of Hawaii that, my goodness, endured house arrest as uh, American troops or whoever the crazies were that went in and, you know, mm-hmm. got the sugar, killed the people, put all the royalty <laughs> under arrest or either killed them. And Princess Kalani is is the uh, native mother, the daughter that was saved, but only because she was put on a boat to England. So all of those women, we stand up and call out their name because, my goodness, um, you know, that, that resolve and, and, and to endure um, even even when your not only your freedom but your dignity has been uh, compromised, and uh, the, you know a lot of I want to send send some some wishes over there to various queen mothers. We won't call them all by name that are in the British uh, area there um, uh, of England, because uh, you know we have an egg bay over there actually, uh, women's egg bay and an egg bay of Europe over in uh, Manchester, and they struggle, you know what I mean? America seems to think that only blacks in America have a bad time of it. Not true. <laughs> Not true. That, you know, it, it does hit other places, and so the struggle is real. And the question now is, you know, who are, who are, the, who are we that no longer choose to remain in, confined by the problem? We must move on and expand into the solution. That's that's just the only option left on the table. But I don't know if you were on when we read the card, and I promise you when I heard it, I was like, oh, I have to hear it again at 8 o'clock. I'm really hoping that Enifa is still with us. Sometimes she'll just come in and then bop out. But, uh, yeah, if you're still here and would, would grace us with reading the card again, that would be exciting. She might be on mute. Queen Mother, do you see our? Is she's uh, yes. at seven three? No, okay, I'm great. Six seven eight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I want to just uh, give thanks to uh, Mother Moore, Donald and Ben Stuy, doing mm-hmm. her thing. She's mm-hmm. one of those uh, leaders of Brownsville. Uh, Ocean Hill fight, and she brought it down front, and she's one of the reasons why we got the right to decide on our children's education. I sure. She was a blessing for New York, born in Louisiana, but a blessing for New York. Mm-hmm. And Mother Taylor, 
It was two of them, right? Queen Mother Moore and Mother Taylor, I think, was also an activist. And then, of course, there was Mama KK in Harlem, who really was so supportive of our first king in uh, his many trips up to Harlem to do the All-African Day Parade, a baratarun. And, uh, you know, many, many, many um, women, again, if you come to Oyotunji or make the pilgrimage on the Yamaja compound, and we got a whole Benin head that inside we have the names of lots of the women that we're calling, of course, Queen Nzinga and many of our Afro-Nefertiti and Cleopatra, many of our queens from the motherland, but as well. Cleopatra. Cleopatra, yeah, I did say, yeah, and uh, we we have their names, and then we have, oh, well, Coretta Scott King, you see, or Betty Shabazz, you know what I mean, it's like, Uh, you just keep going, because, again, you know, they still have this big um, nutritional program that Betty Shabazz started still in Chicago, just just really going and thriving and, and wonderful. I know a couple of um, Dr. Jafunza who's living, but that she's that kind of stout woman on, uh, I don't even know how many acres, but she's the mother of the Black Oaks community, which is about 70 miles south of Chicago. And they have a food hub that she works with, with the Betty Shabazz people in Chicago. So, you know, the bit by bit by bit, we're getting the work done. There's no question in my mind. Sankofa Baba, which we sent an invitation to her, we want to call her out for their Arambe Gardens in, in, uh, in, in Charlotte. You know, we're getting it done, I think, the core of programs like this and many of the other programs that you do throughout the week is to see where is our unity, as Brother Kamal was just saying. Are we all going to stay on this this individual page, um, you know, reaching out but never touching one another for support or help, or is there a place where we all come in the room together? Uh, or at least if we don't come in the same room, we know that, that the support is there many times because of the way I slid around. I just say, well, if you with me, light an orange candle. I just light a candle and, you know, speak to Sangoba Spirit. And I know it, and I do feel it many times when I'm driving in the dark hills of wherever by myself. Okay. I certainly know uh, who's got my back. There's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, group of women in every tribe and every kindred that I know in in many, many cities. Um, we hope to showcase a little bit more of them as we get it going toward this Four Tribes for Peace in the fall and uh, really putting some information out there. Who knows what will happen in Buffalo after this weekend And uh, because, really, they're all powerhouses. Uh, Kamal, I wanted to give a shout-out for Mother Peggy. Mother Peggy is like that church mother. You go into church and, you know, the real, the real older lady, very dignified. You know she's come from her own generation, and they call her the mother of the church. And so when we went and did the program there at the library, and then again, she came to the women's circle. That's how this queen sits, and so we definitely want to call her name out as well. Uh, Sandy White, I don't want to overlook her either because I didn't even really get to talk with her a long time, but this is a, uh, 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 she's not really a DJ, I'm going to say she's a minister is what she is, that uh, has a little half-hour program on WUFO 
called Helping People. You know, it's all about who can we help or who can we pray for today. Wow. Amazing work. I told you Buffalo is full of a sisterhood of serious soldiers. You know, they just take it right on, and that's just so admirable. I want to certainly call out the names of women and mothers and grandmothers in Flint, Michigan, still under that water plague, and now in New Jersey, I understand. Um, mm. Women who, yes, women who are up against whether or not they could, they, they, there is any saving grace from not having lead poisoning in themselves or their children. Okay, that's the only way to say that. In 2016, politicians or not, is there any saving grace that people would just come and begin removing the lead-filled pipes and doing something to save these people from that atrocity? So we definitely want to. Hmm? I said especially the children. Their young brains are very affected by that lead. And I've Mm. seen the aftermath, and the Mm -hmm. child could be alert and bright, but after lead in the system, they become lethargic, Uh, they don't process information, and it takes them a while to even grow out of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if they grow out of it, you know what I mean? When I first heard it, I thought about, you know, children, you know, that that, that already got a couple of skips or strikes against them, you know? (laughs) Some of our Mm -hmm. kids come here with sickle cells. Some of our kids come here with lupus. How does a thing like this complicate, you know, an already medically challenged child? And, and, you know, so healthy or challenged is just not a good deal. And and, and anyone in the sound of my voice, I would ask to remember those people in prayer and know that you really have to know why does uh, Sangoma go out in the woods? Because I love knowing about water purification and teaching other people about it, okay? Whether it's a hurricane that passed through your town or it's like this, suddenly people remember that they've been poisoning you for the last decade because they ain't changed the pipes or or, or taken the right mm-hmm. precautions. Yeah, because I, I I I have no doubt, and I'm sure we all know on this phone that New Jersey and Flint, Michigan are not the only places that have this issue. They're the only places that we know about so far. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to okay. save money okay. on, on top of the children. Yeah. Oh, I got Not another name, Fire Rose over there in Selma. She jumped us. <laughs> I was like, that's right, and those mothers over there in Selma. So, yes, we want we to stand up and call out the name of Fire Rose. What a spirit is that that would have the, the bridge crossing, the Jubilee ceremony every year from 1965 until last year. She just gave it up this year. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged when I even think about some of the names that that we have called. And, again, their journey here, you know, there's no way that I could even open part my lips to complain about anything that I find (laughs) a little bit hard or inconvenient for me because women have done so much more. Um, With so much Mhm. Absolutely, brother Kamal. Did you want to bless us with? Uh, did you do a Women's History Month salute? Tell us a little um, bit no, about no, this. As you were talking, as you were talking, names came to my mind like Ella Baker. Okay, call them on out. 
Ella Baker, uh, like uh, Mabel Williams, the wife of uh, brother Robert Williams, uh, brother mm-hmm. who didn't guns and uh, Radio Free Dixie, strong mm-hmm. soldier who traveled with him uh, from uh, Monroe, North Carolina, uh, through Canada into Cuba, into Vietnam, into China, and back into Detroit, where he retired. Yeah. Uh, uh, teaching Chinese, um, mm. and Sister Mabel was right there at his side all the time. You know, there's so many. You know, there's so much of a legacy that we have that we don't call upon, and we're exactly. I guess we're waiting for somebody else to write our history, which will never exactly. happen. Never happened. And if they do yeah. write it, you go write it right. You know. Absolutely. Well, I have a few. You know, I had to go to our our songbirds. And just the women who move the power of movements um, with their with their vocal talent, like Mahalia Jackson and Ella Fitzgerald and Betty Carter, and oh my goodness! And then there'd be uh, what was her name? Hmm, Billie Holiday. Thank you. And um, I'm thinking of the daughter that had the high voice, "Loving You." I loved it. Many repetitions. Mm-hmm. I missed her so much when she she when she left. And uh, you know, just uh, uh, women like that. Again, um, that um, who really even knows, your point exactly, who even really knows if their stories have been fully told. Um, just just uh, the parts that we see of it again and, and the sacrifices, the hardships that they endured paving the way. Uh, Dorothy Dandridge, um, Josephine Baker, you know, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Those who struck out there in the face Diane again Sand. of formidable opposition. Who'd you have here? Diane Sand, Diana Sand, Diane Sand, yeah, Diane Sand. A lot of people don't remember Dakota Staten, but. Uh, Oh, oh, wonderful. Mom's Mabley, how about that? <laughs> Mom's Mabley. Yes, indeed. People was laughing at her joke because she had the last laugh and some really, you know, powerful things that she was trying to say. I can remember when Mom's Mabley was on Ed Sullivan. And, of course, for a black woman her age in that time, that was a real big deal. Yeah, it yeah, and I, you know, I want to say also Viola Liuzzo, um, who, when I was back in that Barbara Walters news life, um, had the opportunity to um, interview or sit for the interview. Thank God I didn't, I didn't have to conduct the interview for one of the men that were in the car that day that shot and killed her. And for those who might not know, Viola Liuzzo was uh, an abolitionist from the North White woman that assisted uh, blacks repeatedly <laughs> in getting down to the to the marches uh, that Dr. King was having. And, you know, at some point, of course, these white men with the hoods on just weren't going to have it, so they took her life. You mentioned Mons Megley. Most people don't realize there was a movie out that she did called Amazing Grace. Uh, which was uh, she played a character called Grace Tisdale. I can't think of her mm-hmm. last name, but she uh, lived next door to a black man who was going to run for the mayor of Baltimore, and uh, he was being put up by a lot of white politicians. And it was her job to bring him back home, 
and bring his uh, wife back home to who they really were and actually make him a black mayoral candidate so that he represented the community. Beautiful movie called Amazing Grace. Wow, I'm going to have to look that up. I seriously did not know that um, that Moms Mabel had made a movie. Interesting. And I guess, you know, they always um, speak to, I, never, I always have mixed emotions about uh, the black women that, um, oh, I love that one that played uh, Sidney Poitier's mother and then played again in Beloved, that played the minister in the woods. But I was thinking of the black women that played in Gone with the Wind, and I've always had uh, mixed emotions about it. I, I can't make up my mind how settled or not I am with women who, I guess you, we would say compared to other black women's lives during their time, enjoyed uh, 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 some type of level of success or uh, economic uh, achievement because of the role they played, even as demeaning as it was. So, yeah, but there were a lot of them that, that did uh, forge their way into that whole vaudeville level of reality or um, what what was better known in that day is the Chitlin circuit of, uh, oh, Phyllis Hyman, there's another one that I absolutely love um, that left us too quick. And the other one, C.B. Snow, the, uh, that left us too quickly. And, um, you know, again, we all come with certain gifts and whether it is poems or activism or um, the power of your voice, like in the case of a Mahalia Jackson, you know, we, this is the time. We need all gifts to step up to the front line now and uh, and be counted. You know, our children demand it. The destinies of our children demand that we step up. There's just no, you know, we got to get more oxygen in the room in terms of their safety and their autonomy and, uh, you know, where wherein lies the possibility of a separate state for our children and their children and their children for the next seven generations. So we still haven't talked that next uh, Buffalo caller into coming on the line and uh, gracing us with uh, the influence. Again, if you're tuning in and maybe a little bit tired under the weather, you're it got too tired of the Easter egg hunt today. That was an interesting piece for me. I wouldn't repeat it, but I will say that I started the day finally understanding the relationship between the Easter bunny and the eggs. And it's a great story <laughs> that comes out of the ecological systems of nature in terms of between the lap birds. I could tell it. The lap birds. And where was it? Over, she said, near Holland or Netherlands where these birds are. And they build their nest where the hares, meaning the rabbits, um, have their little lairs or, or their burrows and things. They build their nest there. And thus, and, and this happens in this season as, as spring comes in. So, you know, who knew? And I'm sure, I'm sure more than us ask, well, how did we get to, you know, what, what, whatever the Christians have as this resurrection weekend? How do we get from there? To, I know I did. How do we get from there to colored eggs and, and, bunny, and chocolate bunny rabbits? And so actually that story does come out of nature. But the thing about the, this resurrection time is the idea that there can be rebirth. Yes, that there, there can be uh, new life coming. You know, there we just 
come through a lot of confusion uh, here in Western New York, and I guess all over they do the St. Patrick's Day thing, mm-hmm. where everybody dresses in green. And I was coming up as a kid, they said everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. But you know, uh, when you look back way back, you talk about Osiris, you talk about the green one, you talk about the you know, Isis and Osiris, and you talk about the fact that Osiris was green. That's how he's he's uh, pictured and painted on on the uh, on really? the on the pyramids. Yes, I had never one. even heard a story of um, Osiris in relationship to leprechauns and Saint Patty's no, Day. No, no, no. It's just the idea that the idea of green. There's more reasons to celebrate green than just the Irish or the leprechauns. That oh. when you go back to the uh, images that were on the temples and that, that are on the temples. Oh, Osiris is awful, often pictured as a person sitting on a, uh, on, a, on, a um, on a chair, and he's green in color. Um, um, so they called him the green one. And the fact that here in, 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 north of, in the northern hemisphere, this is the beginning of springtime. This is the beginning of the greening of the earth. So, uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's interesting that you should tell that story. That was finally when when you're the only um, person of color in the room, as we were this weekend, and 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 the conversations are what they are, and you you're trying to explain when there's a sincere heart by Europeans to ask you, well, is this cultural appropriation? Is this, you know, mm-hmm. what what where do we cross the line uh, in mm-hmm. terms of stepping? into an area of disrespect in another person's culture. And it, it was a hard thing to, to really articulate because, as I said to them, you all didn't go to our schools. We went to your schools for all of our lives. And so we got your customs and things down. And so in order to answer that question, that's almost like you have to have the cultural education that some of us have. But what I got down to was that example where, um, as St. Patty's Day is celebrated in this country, yeah, anybody can put on green and have a green beer and, you know, enjoy themselves. But the day after, you know, didn't know leprechauns come by and make them Irish or make them Celtic. <laughs> and so that was the best example I could give, you know, of these the points the where because you celebrate something with us, you've stepped into our whole culture and life. Mm, the thing about the the leprechaun uh, the little people um, Mm -hmm. our tradition of little people is the twa or you know Mm -hmm. the the so called pygmy people you know Mm -hmm. and the twa or the little people were very significant ancient Kemetan or Egyptian or you know that kind of ceremonial life you know and Mm -hmm. you know we, we see the world from where we are and here in North America this is the first hints of springtime but in the southern hemisphere this is the beginning of fall time mm. you know and when i have family in south america i have family in chile and mm-hmm. when i was down in chile um there are a lot of very small people i mean people who are like four foot something you know wow. under five feet there's a lots of them lots of them and you know there's a certain tradition in terms of little people and I was always taught and I've always learned that it's not the size of a thing, it's the power in it. Mm-hmm. So you can't judge a book by its cover. A lot of the greatest people who have walked this planet have been so-called small people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
Haile Selassie was barely five feet tall. Bob Marley was mm-hmm. very short. You know, you can't judge a thing by its size. You can't judge a book nope. by the cover. It's not the size of a thing. It's the power that's in it. Right. Very well stated. Very well stated. Well, I'm still thinking on my list of, of names. Sarah Vaughn, there's one. Um, <laughs> so many. I don't think, I think, um, but I still like her music, Judy London. Um, my my father was such a, a jazz and just all those beautiful um, Sarah Vaughn type voices. You know what I'm talking about? Those very mellow women that sang to jazz. Um, uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Betty Carter, who I've I've had the privilege of seeing while they were living, um, were a little more lively. Um, um, I think Ray Charles, I want to call out his name, you know what I mean, because it doesn't have to be just the mother like you were calling him out. You know, Ray Charles, when, when Jamie Foxx came out with that movie, and it was just so provocative to me <laughs> that, again, is that cultural appropriation that the state of Georgia, because they felt so bad about barring him out, would now have his song Georgia on my mind when you, like, come into the state? That's it's just, like, amazing to me, some of the things that, um, you know, like people say, that's not politically correct. I, there's so many things that are obvious in, in some ways, I guess, to people of culture that are just not culturally correct. And you have to look at the people that think so and go, why do you think that? Why do you think that that is culturally correct? Um, and we're not all going to beige here. And, and and there are those of us that when we speak of the preservation, as you said, it might not be just an economic thing or a racial thing. There's, there's all types of levels of um, just ancient, ancient, ancient DNA and, and cellular memory that's very much being, uh, you know, worked out, <laughs> so to speak, in the karma of 2016. It's just being worked out. It's up for people that are are settling issues not only in this lifetime but many lifetimes uh, before this one. I was trying to think of um, the woman who went over and did her poetry for uh, the queen, uh, Phyllis Wheatley. Mm-hmm. Phyllis Wheatley. I've, re- I've read a lot of stories of um, various queen mothers and ancestral mothers um, that, you know, again, just up against very, very formidable oppositions um, had amazing, amazing lives. I mean, we mentioned Mahalia Jackson, but who really knew that she died a millionaireist? I bet I didn't know that. I did not know that. And she, and she came a long way from, as she said, where the collection period would just go by her because the church had to, felt like they had to give it to the people who came to hear her because they were poor. And so, you know, you don't really know until you get inside of these. And please, let's say the name of Dr. Francis is a Cressa that just left us. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm, and Nat King Cole's daughter. Another one that just left us. Um, Madam, you know, Madam C.J. Walker. Walker. Madam C.J. Walker. Thank you, yes. And we Madam did say C. Madam C.J. Walker. Walker. But That's I didn't me. know that Mahalia Jackson died a millionaire. She died a millionaire. 
And uh, how amazing is that? You see what I'm saying? Again, when when the gals in these days come with the little weak, weak excuses, and here is a woman that built a life like that just singing for God. Oh, my goodness. The very thought of it, really, just singing for God. And, and many, many, not days in her life, but years in her life where she was barely paid at all. And so I think that we, uh, you know, again, the purpose and the reason for doing this show is not just because of the Gregorian calendar where whoever, whoever has decided that we would remember history. And, again, I do definitely want to speak to women of color and, and not that moved through women's suffrage and got us the vote and, and even the feminist movement. I mean, there were, there were big parts of all of those parts that needed to happen in terms of uh, all the women that have the amazing 401ks and the very powerful CEO positions that they have these days. Little, little, are they on the line with us to call out some of the names of women who paved the way for them? And it's just a way for us to say to not only, uh, you know, the people on the phone, but others that will hear the archives um, in days to come that, um, you know, our greatest days are ahead, I think. I really do think so. I think that the purpose of looking back, reaching back, the Sankofa of it, reach back and fetch, (laughs) get what you left behind, the point of that is to be able to carry some of that power and, and learn what, it, what the continuum of that kind of energy from our ancestors is from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime and that we can see that in our little princes and princesses and really nurture that and feed that and support that in a way There's a couple that... Of names I'd like to, there's a couple of names all right, I'd like call to call them all them. out. Lauren Hill. Mhm. Queen of Four. Mhm. 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 Yep. Yep. Lauren Hill. A lot of people don't know nothing more than she was popular and wonder what happened to her. And uh, mm-hmm. like a prince or the artist formerly known as Prince, you know, sometimes again, you come from a line where there's no backing down when somebody says something silly to you about your money or your or your creativity. And if you know backing down, and you know, and so you called Prince out, the sister known as Vanity, who made her transition recently. Did she? Yes. Oh, my goodness. That was um, Thelonious's monkey's daughter. Wow. Yes, it was. I, I have seen her. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that she left us. You were out your room. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well... You might have some, oh, I should say, um, Patricia, Queen yes. Patricia, mm-hmm, who is now yes. running for the school board up there. You know, may the wind go beneath her wings. Um, because every day as um, Queen Mother was recognizing various women in education and our abilities to, to even have our children in uh, educational settings that weren't available decades before, um, there are still women of color. And I, and I think like Hispanic and Mexican and other women still to come in that door where they mm-hmm. actually feel like they've stepped into an equal and just situation where the, cho- mm-hmm. where the education of their children is concerned. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that one. Oh, I got one. The one who started the school at Marva Collins. Yeah. Oh, when I read, I read her book, that changed my life. Powerful. There's a sister who came out of New York that ended up in Buffalo, uh, Shirley Chisholm. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there I were. Um, Adelaide Stanford. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Educator from New York. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's chancellor of the state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He started with the district of children they said could not make it. And she whooped that district into shape. All them kids. So we get to the educators who never believe in limitation for our children. Mm-hmm. From Black Dance Theater of Harlem. What's that sister's name that, that, that started that movement there? Yeah, Debbie Allen. Look what Debbie Allen, Felicia Rashad, Janet Jackson. I mean, you know, um, Diane Carroll, all the way back to Julia, all the way back to where before black women could even recognize themselves on television because <laughs> there wasn't anybody uh, of black women that were on TV like that with their own show. Yes, we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of changes, and um, to really know what to do with it, you know, uh, I was having a conversation, and actually with uh, a woman not of color uh, that was speaking of the strides that uh, Beyonce is making now, and I said, well, you know, nobody should have slept that. You you know, if you really want to know, check out the uh, villages in Africa where Jay-Z provides the water. You know, what, did you, were you watching when they went into Cuba before it became popular and the president went into Cuba? You know, and so you should never sleep because sometimes women that are in the entertainment um, world are are really moving some stuff, but you just don't hear about it. You really don't hear about it. That's true. The name that came to my heart, it's not a sister, and it's a brother who's doing a lot of work that you don't hear about. It's Brother Akon. Mm-hmm. I say, you He's and I have the power to uh, the villages in Africa. Mm-hmm. And Dr. CB, I know if the Abba was on this call, he'd already said his name, <laughs> you know, in terms of really understanding uh, how we can be more empowered in our own health. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and a, a week ago this Sunday, I thought about that, driving away from the retreat. I was in the church of Reverend Ike, the one that handled out the, the handkerchiefs for so long, and his queen mother was still sitting up on the front pew, his wife. That That's was right. amazing. That was amazing. I have pictures in my phone. I am going to put them up on Facebook because it was one of those theaters, you know, when I was a child and then we went to the movies. That's how all the theaters look. It was amazing, brass, gold, gorgeous, ornamented. You know, you might even have a, a pool with fish in the, in the lobby where you're getting your popcorn and stuff. It was gorgeous. And what what an amazing church service that was. Do you hear me? They did not even preach from the word. It was like a, a song, praise, and worship service, and when I left, I was like four feet off the ground. So definitely his mama, I'm calling out her name in terms of people who will be calling his name for years to come. He had all of his books and money oils and things that they're still selling, and his wife, first lady of the church, was sure sitting up there in the front row. What an amazing time we had. 
Yeah, absolutely. Some of our storytellers, I think somebody wanted to tell me we just lost Alice Walker. Haven't heard that one. Okay, good. <laughs> good, because that, that one really caught me off the side guard. But we're going to name her anyway, Living, Living. <laughs> Alice mm. Walker, the amazing, the color purple. I mean, you just she has a body of work, you, you know, on and on. And um, who was I going to say? Oh, I wanted to speak of who I've met in the course of uh, being in that, in that media around many uh, African-American mayors of towns. Um, more, more so in the South, down in Georgia, that I've actually met. But I just want to, I want to stand up and call out their names, women that have that level of courage to say, um, up against all odds, I can walk toward the mayor's office or um, a Congress seat or uh, you know a House of Representatives. Cynthia, there was a popular one, maybe Queen Mother. You mm-hmm. know that one was a Cynthia White down there in Atlanta. Was a black woman that McKinney. was very strong. Cynthia and McKinney. McKinney, yeah, absolutely. That's right. mm-hmm. But they discredited her, and the machine went after her. So, as mm. far as her um, liability to the political party, they kind of wiped her off as like crazy. You really? know, but we give thanks to the hard work she put in, so she that did. she could be in the congressional. Um, uh, representative, and I pray that she will be able to make her way back because she was definitely a um, bulldog, and that's mm-hmm. what we need. Mm-hmm. I've gone to some of her, you know, some of her functions. She certainly was, you know. She she wasn't selling no wooden nickels, boy. She comes straight mm-hmm. at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know. I guess who do we leave out? I'd love that. I know there are amazing uh, women of color, of all colors, in the medical field um, that have made great strides. And uh, we hope that we still have some and the help. I'm just going to put that out there. Not only the women that (laughs) acted in the movie, but those that survived that time of having Mm. to, uh, yeah, having to do the bus strike and all of that and still you know, work all day, kind of like the character that um, Oprah played in Selma, where, you right. know, you, you take your, care of your family as much as you can, and then you got to try and take care of other folk families. <laughs> and so those women and um, women that made their own way in the factories and, and endured that just to, uh, not just, but to see their their children through better education, through college, through, yeah, through their dreams. And for all those mothers, we call out their names because this was no small thing. Again, it, 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 had, it held a high bar. It created a very high bar and a very high standard in terms of the, uh, some of the part that you and I talk about a lot, Queen Mother, which is when do we get to this curriculum for the mental illnesses or whatever are the disturbances in some of the uh, lives that usually coming out of trauma where our daughters do do not remember that aspect of the women they come from or never even were exposed to that aspect of women Mm. that they come from. Mm -hmm. To sort it out, to sort it out and make a way out of no way. They tell you, you know, uh, mm mm-hmm. 
that well, you have you know, to, you I don't have want to ask you about the four tribes of peace. Could you give us mm-hmm. a little ending on I'm that? I'm excited about it. I am. I'm excited, and I think I'm most excited because the the we, you know we haven't even really gone live with the um, with the public relations of it, but a Facebook page does um, exist for the community and for tribes for peace. As uh, I think we said last week, my father uh, ascended on uh, the fall equinox of 1999, Iparaturo. Wow. Yeah, and so we felt like we knew we've been pregnant with this particular festival as we go throughout the year to, I don't know, probably 14 or better Earth Skills um, events. And then, of course, Oya Twinji has 14 festivals a year. So we're in and out all the time, but there's always a select group. And as I said, you know, but now of the day, you know, we didn't say the word click. <laughs> we didn't say the word elitist. But what is this thing where the tribes are not really blending? And having lived a while in New Orleans where they have the Jazz and Heritage Fest, I was always very impressed by that festival because, you know, of course, New Orleans being the music town it is, it just created that buffet, that menu that served everyone. If you love gospel, you go to the gospel chain. If you love, you know, jazz, you go to the jazz chain. You like African dance, you like Tina Marie, whatever you like, it was in there. And so I wanted to do a festival like that that um, began to show us the beauty of each other's food, culture, spirit, spiritual practices, um, all kinds of games for the children, different um, health care remedies, just there's going to be an Ancestor Alley and exhibit there with the Ancestor Fire for those that want to know more about those traditions. And uh, so, yeah, September 22nd through 25th, and as if that were fabulous enough, the location is totally off the chain to be uh, the home of Camp Reggae. And for anybody who does not know, in probably at least 25 years that they've been doing Camp Reggae there, up on a, a ridge called Sassafras Ridge in Isabella, Tennessee. And wow. uh, Mar- yeah, uh, um, uh, what is her name? Marla and Jati are the Natty Lovejoys, and we're going to be having them on next month to begin talking about their event, of course, which is coming up at the end of. Um, of uh, May on Memorial Day weekend. They do it on Memorial Day weekend and on Labor Day weekend. So, uh, of course, we'll probably be speaking with them on Labor Day weekend since our event is in, um, or not the weekend before Labor Day, is uh, in September, but we'll have them on uh, April, we already said to them, because they're still, they do tour, they're still touring. They they go out and play reggae music, but when they have Camp Reggae in this in this mountain that they carve this amphitheater mm-hmm. into, and the stage and the sound system is on the front of their house, and then you have, you have all of these levels that people who come to Camp Reggae camp out. And so mm-hmm. it is just an amazing venue sitting up above the Oconee River where Harriet Tubman's trails went through and um, and the Trail of Tears went through. So you know what I mean? When the ancestors set something up, they really set it up. It just really doesn't get uh, better than that. And uh, we have just amazing levels of tribes coming into it, the Earth 
skills community, some of the art of mentoring committee, um, our African uh, brothers and sisters, some of OUT, most of OUT, but like a Joshe Africa who well has a name uh, of his own now, African dance and drum ensemble. They also do all types of acrobatics. They're just fully entertaining. And um, so I'm really, really excited about it. We've been building a lot of energy. And I think the, the main thing to say about it unlike festivals other people go to, is that this is this is coming to also show a new model of community activism and community building. So even when you go to the website or say, hey, I want to be a vendor there, um, there's much more of a trade barter. Everything is just not on the green paper with presidents on it. Um, many of our instructors that are coming and even some of our entertainers are working through the gift currency and then there's also an element of people involved that are actually coming in to do profit sharing. So they come in, they give their all in all to the festival, and it sets them up to get a certain amount of the profits from the gate. So I really like that um, people will not only have a good time and eat really good food and enjoy themselves, but then when they go to um, to buy something or to be a part of it on that level, they're going to see a whole different model than this capitalism, greedy kind of thing we have going on out here. So I am I am truly fully excited about it, and as the months come in, um, we certainly will be having uh, more of the people we're hoping to bring um, some activism into it. I'd love to have um, is it Michelle Alexander that wrote this new Jim Crow? I've been putting her yes. name out there because I just think that would be super powerful. I wouldn't mind having Killer Mike will only be a month from the election happening. And, um, yeah, and then Sunny Patterson, the young lady that I've been trying to. Yes, I've been trying to have Sunny Patterson come to Oyotunji for probably the last decade, and the dates never work out. But um, I'm hoping that we we could get... Uh, her on the stage because Sunny Patterson is absolutely phenomenal, just phenomenal. Yeah, she she says what needs to be said. Yes, and she has a, a wonderful following. And of course, the Natty Lovejoys will be performing. Our friend that we hear on the top of the hour is our uh, mistress of ceremonies, and she'll also be performing. We're really hoping that her CD is out some point this year. Um, Daniel Four, really good friend of mine, very interesting. Uh, he's actually a doctor of psychology, graduated from Berkeley, but actually became a Babalao in Africa. So he is just fascinating and will be coming to um, share uh, healing, ancestral trauma, and also honoring the spirits of a place, which I've done a couple of times with him. And just being that we all live, like, on top of buried tragedy, no matter where you are in America, because America is that full of tragedy Mm -hmm. in its history, that, you know, we should know. We should know what are some of the ceremonial or ritual things that you can do to elevate those spirits or that energy into the light 
or into a, uh, you know, a more peaceful, yeah, a more peaceful state. And then again, you know, sort of the purpose of the weekend that I just came out, most importantly, is that we have to come together and begin to dialogue about choosing our finest words, peacemaking skills, and, you know, yeah, because aren't we just tired of setting these triggers off in each other, just saying the daggone wrong thing and know when they come across our lips that it's going to set some stuff off. And then who knows in these nightclubs and things where the children just wind up dead because the wrong thing came out of someone's mouth. And so we are a people of stronger ashe and discipline than to fall prey to that. So I have high hopes for that festival, yeah, and I encourage anyone that thinks that they might be interested because, again, as we said, it's a lot of trade and barter. You basically can come to the entire event for free to, you know, for I think maybe 20 hours of work trade to help set up or break down or give some time to the youth village or the children's village. And so there's just, you know, there's no excuse not to be a part of it, absolutely. So um, thank you for bringing that up. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And as well, you might want to speak uh, speak to the Million Mother March, which we've been really trying to gather the energy up under that for July. Well, you know, I tell you, um, it has been a challenge to get the energy to finish the page and start recruiting people to participate, but Mm -hmm. I have every belief that um, the blocks and the obstacles will be removed very soon, and we'll move forward with honoring the ancestors that uh, came on South Carolina Island. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody doesn't know their history. You Mm -hmm. know, I know a little bit, but it doesn't go back seven generations at all, you know, and, you know, I happen to be one of those people who does not have the information about great grandparents, even grandparents, because Mm. all my grandparents, except for my grandfather, died early, and he was an elitist, my grandfather, Mm -hmm. and he just was a poor character. To his children, mm. very much a selfish man. Mm. So, yeah, wow. We mm-hmm. didn't get any stories, and then the aunts refused to talk. You know, my mother's family was very secretive because mm. they had a lot of bad secrets that they were keeping because uh-huh. they noticed my mother wrong. Wow. So I um did not honor my grandparents because I really don't know them. Mm-hmm. But you did bring up a point of another name I want to call out there, Julie Dash, uh, the director of Daughters of the Dust. I, I remember when, another movie that changed my life. And then I got the book where she actually did the script and just how her mind operated from Ashun to Yellow Mary, I mean, how how she really, in, you know, wove in the, the characteristics of the different Orishas into that movie. What a brilliant mind. Julie Dash. You know, Spike Lee, for that matter. You know, I, I'm going to call out that brother's name because I, I just don't even understand how he never gets credit for anything that he does, pretty much. And, uh, uh, you know, Denzel as well. 
actually, he's gotten a lot of credit. He's um, he did in fact uh, get an honorary doctorate from Princeton oh, good. and uh-huh. forty mules, acres and a mule production is right. actually mm-hmm. a spikely uh, joint. Yeah. I mean, he's got yeah, he's got some stuff. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people give credit to him being a force that moves him. So I think that he might not get the kind of a recognition from public relations because he doesn't look like a brother that cheats on his wife, you know. I right, think right, there's no scandal. Family, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The American public loves scandal. They love the shady side of society. And that's yeah. why all these talk shows are so popular because exactly. people are thinking, wow, they're rich and they're stupid, you know. Yeah. Or they're rich. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of our young children who are falling behind this because their it's parents. All sucked up in it. All yes. sucked up in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were just talking about Empire today, you know, and I said, no, not not for me. And and, and I love Taji. I love a lot of the actors in it, but I wouldn't sit and watch that any more than I watched Jerry Springer or any of the judge shows. You know, I came from women that firmly believe you don't hang your dirty laundry nowhere, and definitely not on television. Okay, it's just crazy. Okay. You know, we, it's we just got somebody raising their hand. Okay, so great. Hey, Poe. Hello. Hey, it's Earth Mama. Hey, Earth Mama. How you doing tonight? Hey, Earth oh, Mama. We're just getting the final stuff wrapped up for the Elder Reconnect in two weeks. So it's and, been working yeah. from daybreak to dusk for the past few days. Well, I think you came just in time because you are the one to call out, stand up and call out the names of some of the powerful elders that have influenced you to even be doing this gathering, you know, female and male. And if you, you know, I'm thinking that's why you came on was because you had some names you wanted (laughs) to call out, but maybe not. Oh, yeah, there's. There's that, and, you know, you had also mentioned when we had spoken on the phone the other day about uh, um, some powerful women, some influential mm-hmm. women, you mm-hmm. know, that have been in my life. And, um, you know, not just elders, but sisters as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've had some pretty, I've been pretty blessed to um, where we didn't have much family. We were still blessed with, um, you know, those elders that were chosen family mm-hmm. and you know like grandmother joanne and yourself mm-hmm. and granny nay um mm-hmm. uh, pops you know i oh gosh i have a long list take a minute to give us a visual on granny nay you couldn't you know what i'm saying because the first time i saw those women beat that drum girl my heart leaped. My mouth was hanging open. Granny Nay is like, they are Cherokee, aren't they? Yes. I'm yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, Granny and, Nay and is, I like to call her Granny Sunshine because she is just such a beam of light, you know? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. She actually is a part of, uh, oh gosh, what's it called? Winter Hawk drum? Is it Winter Hawk? Yeah, I know. They Hulk? have a drum circle. They, and I'm they, saying, well, though, they, that, they that light. Drum circle, but they also make. Yes, they and, do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do, you know, a really tremendous job. And they usually, at powwows and whatnot, 
are the ones there beating the mother drum mm-hmm. uh, for ceremony and that sort of thing. Um, well, I've seen them at powwows where they edged in and weren't sure the men were going to let them play. Boy, if you really want to see her light shine. You, you know what I'm saying? There's a time when a woman will, like, have to walk up and say something or stand firm with the ground, but she just let the light of God move, move her. And next thing you know, they was making a way for them to get it. Come on over. You know, and then drive out. I was like, wow, did you see that? Because there was. There was all this little grumble, grumble. Up, oh, got another name, Selena um, Quintanillas. The uh, Latino uh, young lady that actually uh, left the earth on my birthday, um, but she same thing in in her one Frida, uh, you know she stepped where male mariachis weren't really ready to move over <laughs> on the stage, and just let women have that much fame or or wealth. Well, and, I think uh, the beauty with Granny May, she come from a really, really tough, really rough mm-hmm, background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if if anybody had a reason to grow up, you know, being um, bitter or cold or closed off or anything of the sort, you know, it, it would definitely be her. However, she never did. She mm. is, like I said, in this Mediterranean sunshine. Everywhere mm-hmm. she goes, she does what she can to put a smile on everybody's faces. She's just such a beautiful soul. And right now, she's not feeling real well. Her mm-hmm. health is not feeling good. So, you know, let's keep her, you know, in our prayers. Yeah, that prayers. You know, she comes yeah. through whatever it is that uh, she's combating right now. I don't know the details yet. I just do know that uh, Grandmother Joanne, on her way to come up to the Elder Reconnect, is going to stop in and uh, oh, good. spend the night good. with her on the way mm-hmm. up. So. That'll be really good. And you have another um, stout elder coming to the land a little bit before we're going to get there, unless we can change some road travel. But tell us a little bit about the Cherokee mother that's coming up uh, just ahead of Elder Reconnect on Thursday. Um, well, she's coming out. Um, her name is, is Liana, and she is. Um, she actually works with the Cherokee version of um, Children and Family Services. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's you know the version that's right there on the reservation. Yeah, and yeah. Um, she she's working with um, uh, Cherokee young Cherokee women and and uh, teaching them how to uh, be doulas and how to birth babies and you know and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. She's a pretty phenomenal individual. I've not had the opportunity to meet her yet, so mm-hmm. I can't really say that I know a whole lot right, about her. a whole lot. Well, we did finally get the number for Yona, and I'm going to give him a call, the Cherokee elder there. We certainly want to speak his name, and, um, you know, we we just put that out there for these Native elders that remain dedicated to the medicine, the good medicines of the people, and um, no matter what, they make that effort. Because that's no small thing out there. I have been on Cherokee Reservation in North Carolina. That's no small thing, beloved. Those women and children out there are exposed to just all kinds 
of um, domestic violence and alcoholism and, you know, all kinds of stuff that that is still festering from the trauma of their people and, and just even the way they are. And, you know, they've, they've just been so dumbed down from the great uh, regalness of Native American people. And, of course, not just them, but, you know, that could cover the gamut of um, – you were telling me about some – some link that I wanted to go to. It wasn't like wannabe Indian. It was something where you were speaking to uh, an agency. I think it was you. Maybe it was someone else that uh, was speaking of, again, this area of cultural uh, appropriation, which uh, seems like the conversation is going to be around for a minute (laughs) until people really figure out uh, what we're like, part of what we're trying to do with uh, Fortress for pieces to really very firmly identify where uh, the lines of our different tribes meet, where they intersect, where they are parallel, so that the huge levels of disrespect that we've had between the peoples, um, not just racism, people love to throw that word out there, but in this case where uh, someone is treated poorly and the person treating them poorly is not even aware that they're, you know, offensive because they don't have any, they're clueless, as was said today, (laughs) clueless about the culture that that person comes from. And so ignorance reigns at that moment where people get hurt or uh, unkind things are said and uh, and we have to do better we have to we have to give a brighter example for our children that are watching us so well, yeah any other names I don't want to cut you off because we got like nine minutes so did you you have any other um, names you wanted to call out well um, when you know we spoke on the phone you were talking about how you were going to do uh, a bit on Women's History Month and, um, you know, uh, women that have inspired me, you know, and influenced me and whatnot. Um, I would have to say uh, Joyce Mersman, I wouldn't say that she was um, well-known across the country. However, she was extremely well-known and very much loved in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And she was a very, very close sister, kind of an older sister to me. Mm-hmm. And um, part of the gardening and, and whatnot, preparing for uh, you know the gathering that's happening uh, is a memorial a a small memorial garden or or flower bed that's being put together. And some of the parts and pieces that are going into that are um, plants that I have rooted from plants that she gave me. Wow. And and, and some other folks as well. You know, Mm -hmm. there's just a whole lot of love going into this little flower bed. Mm -hmm. Um, She was an amazing individual who... You know, would give you the shirt off her off her back if you needed it, and she mm-hmm. was a, a local uh, DJ. You know, did all kinds of um, biker functions. She was, you know, pretty popular in the biker community, and um, you know, always did fundraising events, trying to help kids, trying to help fellow bikers that you know had been in accidents or you know come into you know some form of illness or anything of the sort you know couldn't pay their hospital bills whatever the case may be and she is someone that pretty much planted the seed in me that got me involved in you know building nonprofits that work for special needs children and veterans and you know and all this other stuff 
and um, she just recently passed away mm. in uh, February, and um, you know, just putting that little shout out there to her that I love her and I miss her, and you know, we're all still here waiting to see her again. <laughs> I say, and you hit a, a very special point that I'm glad we, we can cover before we uh, uh, leave away for this week's edition, and that is the moms of special needs children. Oh, my goodness. They have, you know, a world all on their own, and I, I certainly have have known quite a few, not just yourself, but quite a few women, and uh, again, up against insurmountable odds at different times, formidable opposition with how their children learn or how they're medically treated. Just you run the gamut. So we stand up and call the names of all of the mothers of uh, differently challenged, differently abled, special needs, however you say it, when our bright lights come in with extra, extra stuff in their package, these moms have to stretch their resilience and their patience. And, again, just hats off to them. Big, big, big respect. Um, there, was a, there was a point I wanted to go back to the queen mother for, if we could do it in these just last few three minutes. I've been noticing new shows coming by queen mother, and I wanted you to have a minute to kind of promo some of the other shows on Queen Mother for Real blog radio because, for one, I keep trying to remember, and usually I see it as it's just going going off the time, and I'm like, gosh, I really want to get on one of these other shows. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things oh, you have absolutely. on. We got some great shows. We have Black Urban America with Kenneth Jones, and he puts a lot of uh, people that are creating solutions to make Black America powerful. And that comes on, unfortunately, in the morning at mm-hmm. 10 a.m., but mm-hmm. it's always good to listen to the um, archive. Yeah, the archive. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he brings some real crazy and great ideas because one of the things that we have to look at is the different language we use with each other, as you said. And uh, he definitely challenges people with that N-I-G-G-E-R. He hates mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we have another program, The Superior Power of Black America, and that's with Daryl and Monique Friedman. Mm-hmm. And they have, through the inspiration of God, created a program that will make um, the kind of fellowship that we need as well as the type of financial growth. So Mm -hmm. if he can get 5,000 people in it, he can get get money, you know, raised for black businesses to take Mm -hmm. over, you know, property that has uh, maybe been behind to make sure that black people don't lose their property to give them a walk. So it's all about helping black people because together, based on his research, we are the only ones that don't care about us. Walmart, Mm -hmm. all of them, they said they got $22 billion to spend every year. 
how can mm. we get it? And they mm. do, um, you know, uh, a lot of marketing and promotion towards us, mm. but we don't get the money back in our community where we need it. To they support have to have a different mom. mindset. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and that's exactly what that show is about. And, you know, of course, we do the Queen's Roundtable on uh, Friday at uh, 8 o'clock, but we've been unable to do the last two weeks. But usually Mm -hmm. we do it, and the Queen's Roundtable is around, it's about using the everyday magic that's in the universe. So we look at it as every minute. And then we have provocative thought. Oh, my God, this brother is outrageous. He's been doing things like Victoria's Secrets and marijuana. He's given some really provocative Yeah, I saw that go by on Victoria's Secret. I did. That was one of the ones where I went, I just got to pay attention. (laughs) He's a phenomenal Mm -hmm. brother. Check it out in the archives. We definitely have some great shows, and we look forward to more great shows because we have Sister Queens Rise and Shine bringing about the, the missions of people that are doing worthy work on the earth. So it really about sharing and caring and making sure that our people see the good that we have on earth. Mm-hmm. So Thank I know you we so only much have for this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say thank you so much for this evening and have a great week. Yes, you too. Yes. And everybody, Absolutely. we love you, listeners, and we thank you for participating. And we love the brother that did the post. <laughs> and yes. we miss you, Goody. So yep. somebody get the word to her. We see her next I week. I say. I'm sure going to get the word, too. I know something came up because that sister was dedicated to being on here every week. Something I came say. up for her, but I'm going to give her a shout out. So you have a magnificent week, and I'll talk to you soon. Oh, blessings, beloved. I say.